You're listening to Language Nerds Do Earth, the podcast about linguistics, culture, travel, and how they're all connected. Now it's time for your language nerd hosts. One in China, one in Spain. It's Patrice and Rachel. Hello, language nerds. I'm Patrice, and I'm Rachel. And welcome to Language Nerds to Earth. Woohoo! <laughs> Guess what episode we're on? What episode, Rachel? Number ten. Number ten, the double digits. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, I'm super excited for this episode. Yeah, me too. Oh, I'm I'm really excited. We got some special stuff for you guys this week, mm-hmm. so, and for ourselves. Uh, <laughs> This week, our topic is Ramadan. Yeah. We have some guest interviews from very cool people. Mm-hmm. Super cool. So we're going to hear from them and talk a little bit about the holiday. And then stick around till the end because we've got a lesson translation moment from Caroline in Panama. Yep. But first, we have some language news. Yeah. So I think this article is really cool. Yeah. This one was fascinating because you might have seen like names for things like a lot of English speakers have heard the word Schadenfreude, which means mm-hmm. um, pleasure in other people's pain, basically. Yeah. Um, there's actually an Avenue Q song about it. It's making me feel glad that I'm not you. Have you heard it? <laughs> no, <laughs> I've never heard that. I'll have to look that up. Yeah, it's really funny. But yeah, so we have we have a bunch of those that we're going to go through. Yeah, so basically the article is from BBC and everyone knows the feeling of like nails on a chalkboard mm-hmm. and I'm like shivering Ugh. just thinking about it. Yeah. Um <sighs> Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> it's horrible. So, for example, in Spanish, the word for that there is a word for that, um mm. which is grima. In English, we would just say it feels, it sounds like nails on a chalkboard, and then you get right. the sensation. Right, yeah. It's very easy to conjure that up in my brain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So these are basically untranslatable words. Mm-hmm. And you were saying that grima is used a lot in Spain. Yeah. You know, sometimes if you're talking about something that. I don't know. I think I've when I've been talking about some kind of body parts like tendons or eyes or something, mm-hmm. and my students will be like, ah, me da grima. <laughs> ah, that's interesting. Huh. That gives me that gives me grima. Yeah. So. Hmm. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that you teach about tendons in your classes too. I don't know. It's not that I'm teaching that. It's just somehow it comes up or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. It's, I'm I teach little kids, so I'm just like singing about the seasons all day, basically. And you get to talk about tendons. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we have some pretty interesting discussions in my classes. It's <laughs> awesome. Um, okay, so yeah, let's jump in. We've got nine words for emotions mm-hmm. that uh, we don't have in English, but we totally need in English. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the first one we've got, I, it's H-Y-G-G-E in Danish, so maybe Hygge? Your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the pleasant, intimate feeling associated with sitting around a fire in the winter with close friends. This might be my favorite, actually. Yeah. That's a great feeling. Yeah, it really is. Roasting some marshmallows. That's an American mm-hmm. thing, for sure. But (laughs) (laughs) drinking some hot cocoa. Yeah. Mold wine. Yeah, that is really nice. Yeah. Then there's T-A-R-T-L-E. I'm going to guess that's something like tartle? Yeah, maybe tartle. Yeah. I have a Scottish friend I should have asked him. Okay. Which, yes, (laughs) is in Scots, which is... That panicky hesitation just before you have to introduce someone whose name you can't quite remember. <laughs> Has this happened to you? <laughs> um, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
uh, I, I'm really bad with names for some reason. Like, I'm, I'm great at languages, but I also have, like, a face blindness, and I'm, I'm bad at names. <laughs> so, like, people, I'll, intru- I'll go to introduce people, and I'll be like, ah, yes, here we are. You are. <laughs> Do you not have that? I mean, I, of course, like, I'm actually not very good with names either, but I basically just try to avoid names until I've known someone for, like, six months at least. (laughs) I, like, just won't use their name (laughs) just in case I'm wrong. (laughs) Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, I... If I do know somebody's name, I'll be like, and this is Pam, <laughs> because like, I'm just like, yes, I know her name. Here I am knowing your name. <laughs> so I don't have okay. Tarjla. All right. Next, of course, I get the first really ridiculously long one. It's <laughs> Mami Chlapina Tapai, which is the Yangon language of Tierra del Fuego. And it means that special look shared between two people when both are wishing that the other would do something that they both want but neither want to do. Hmm. <laughs> what would that be for you? Huh. Like you and Seth. Oh, that would be like if we're um, negotiating and one of us has to be the bad cop. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, over a price on something, like, all right, you take it down. <laughs> or, like, you make this person unhappy by not giving them the exorbitant price that they want on whatever. <laughs> sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work, but, yeah. What about you? I was thinking something just, like, super simple, like, sitting on the couch and not wanting to get up to get uh, something. And then yeah. just, like, can you... <laughs> get it <laughs> yeah 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 so mommy la pinata pie next time that happens just remember that word super simple that will be easy for me yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay so next we have there are too many consonants okay Ixuarapok, um which is inuit Um, the feeling of anticipation when you're waiting for someone to show up at your house and you keep going outside to see if they're there yet. That's so funny. I can relate to that. For sure. If I'm waiting for someone, like, the last 20 minutes, I can't do anything. I just have to, like, walk around and look out the window or something. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. And then we have a Thai word. It's gringjai. Probably totally messing that up, too. And it's... (laughs) That feeling you get when you don't want someone to do something for you because it would be a pain for them. Hmm. Oh. That sounds like a very Asian word, doesn't it? I was going to say, it's definitely a different culture because it's more about putting someone else's desires before your own. Yeah. But I definitely get that feeling, too. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I would call it more guilt, but this is more specific than that. Right. And, you know, that's kind of like the Danish word. It's a cold country. So they have a word for being around a fire, mm-hmm. which I guess we would call that like cozy, but it's not specific to that situation. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. Right. I think so. Okay. Filipino. G I G I L. I don't know if this is like Gigil. Gigil. I'm really sorry. I have no idea. Which is the urge to pinch or squeeze something that is irresistibly cute. Oh, yeah. I would call that cute aggression. Oh, I like that. I've never heard that before. It's so cute. I, I read an article about that, and it's like an evolutionary thing. Like, you see something so cute, you actually, like, want to eat it. It's something because, like, two parts of the brain are really close or something like that. I don't know. Mm, That's interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's definitely an evolutionary advantage to be so irresistibly cute because then adults are more prone to want to take care of you, right? Yeah. So, but yeah, people get that around my cat all the time. (laughs) I understand. (laughs) Okay. 
So next we have a Japanese word. It's koi no yokan, maybe. It's three words, actually. Koi mm-hmm. no yokan. And it is the sense upon meeting a person that the two of you are going to fall in love. Mm. That's super romantic. Yes. I guess we would call it love at first sight, but this is more like thinking long term, isn't it? Yeah, and it seems like more foreshadowing because you haven't fallen in love yet, but it's the Mm -hmm. feeling that you're going to, right? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so we have another Japanese word, boketo, which is gazing vacantly into the distance without thinking. (laughs) I can relate to that. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I feel like that's when you get in the most trouble for having people thinking that you're staring at them. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) I wonder if there's a word for that in some language. Yeah, there might be. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, this last one. We already said it. So schadenfreude. So feeling, it's German, and it's the feeling of pleasure gained by seeing another person's misfortune. (laughs) Yeah, like in the U.S. when you are driving along and somebody else gets pulled over and you don't. Uh Uh-huh. Like, Happy it wasn't me. Right. how I am. Maybe it's like a person that cut you off in traffic or something. You see them pulled over and you're like, haha, yes. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Classic. (laughs) You deserved it. Yeah. (sighs) Okay, awesome. So let's scoot on along into our main topic, which is Ramadan. Yeah. So... Rachel and I both interviewed somebody for this episode. Mm-hmm. Do you want to introduce your guest first? Sure. Um, so I interviewed my friend Karima. We met in Spain here when we were both new to teaching and to into Spain. And yeah. Hi, I'm Karima. I um many things. <laughs> I'm an <laughs> ESL teacher, content creator and travel writer. Awesome, cool. You have a really cool blog. Thank you. Yeah, um, it's called Hijabi Globetrotter. It's basically me, a hijabi person that travels. And Mm -hmm. I just kind of talk about and write and uh, do videos about my experience as a traveler from a Muslim's perspective because I think that's lacking a lot in the media. And just kind of to bring humanity back to Muslims. (laughs) And, And I also like discuss about language learning because I love learning languages. I learned mm-hmm. Spanish during high school, college, and then I moved to Spain to complete that. And yeah. right now I'm challenging myself with Arabic and French, even though I've not been that consistent. <laughs> <And> <laughs> That's awesome. She's living now in Louisiana. And she grew up in Louisiana, right? Yeah. She grew up in the United States and after college, kind of like me, went to Spain to teach English. Yeah, so I interviewed... My friend Abdullah. Hi everyone, I am Abdullah from Saudi Arabia. I am exchange student in the United States. I am doing my master here mm-hmm. in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Wisconsin. Wisconsin. <laughs> it's like the total opposite environment from Saudi Arabia. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Yeah, yes, it is. you just told me a few minutes ago that uh, you are finally wearing a t-shirt. Right. While there, I, I wear I wearing t-shirt in the entire year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I actually met him about three and a half years ago when he was a brand new exchange student in the U.S. and he spoke zero English. He could say, like, mm. hi, I am Abdullah. <laughs> that's pretty much it uh but yeah i mean he's in grad school now he's getting his master's in clinical psychology yeah yeah so they both had some really super interesting insight into ramadan Mm -hmm. definitely so a lot of people don't know much about ramadan and i didn't really know that much about it either i just knew from teaching saudi students yeah i knew a bit from when we were a mentor family for the Egyptian students. Mm -hmm. In high school. Yeah, when I was in high school. It was always kind of right when they arrived, and so we were spending a lot of time with them during Ramadan, and so kind of seeing that, and they taught me a lot about it as well. That's awesome. It's actually a really cool holiday, and I don't know about you, but one of my takeaways was 
from talking to Abdullah, this sounds really fun. Like, I would love to be in a Muslim country during Ramadan. (laughs) Definitely. And, well, I think being part of the community just sounds really, really cool. Yeah. Really special. I was talking to a friend of mine from Pakistan earlier this week, and she mentioned that there's actually a linguistic debate over Ramadan. Mm -hmm. In Arabic countries, it's pronounced Ramadan. But in Pakistan, where the predominant language is Urdu, the word is Ramzan or Ramazan. Mm. It's kind of interesting. interesting. Well, let's, let's me first introduce Ramadan for you. Yeah, okay? please. Yeah, tell me about Ramadan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ramadan is a holy month uh-huh. in Islamic religion. Uh-huh. One month every year. Muslim people after age 14, yeah, 14 or 15, they start to fasting. We fast from sunrise until sunset mm-hmm. and the uh, last 10 days we call it Laylatul Qadr which is in a thousand nights like mm-hmm. something like this and basically it's a very special night where Muslims a day within that 10 days the last 10 days that is better than a thousand years and mm. people try to capture that so they, they stay up all night during those 10 days just to capture that and like ask God for anything because like God will answer any questions or any of your concerns and everything on that special day. Anything you do is like 10 times like rewarded or something. So it's a very oh, special wow. time in Ramadan. Mm-hmm. So one of the first things that we wanted to know was what does Ramadan entail and what is the purpose of the fasting? So could you tell us a little bit about uh, why do you fast during Ramadan? Okay, so Ramadan in general is just for fasting. Uh, people like do not eat for certain hours of the day. It depends, you know, where you are. For example, here in Louisiana, we fast for like 15, 16 hours. Other parts of the world mm-hmm. could be 22 hours, just, you know, depending. And um, it's not just about depriving ourselves from food. It's also basically trying to empathize with people that don't have food and understand the struggle and be more appreciative of what we have and the blessings that we get. The idea of, uh, behind fasting is actually how to be close from people who are hungry, mm-hmm. poor people. And it teach you like something behind this also. It tell you how we weak we are. Mm. It's also a time for like spirituality because um, people try to become closer to God during this month it's called the Holy Month for this reason. I figure out after a while. <laughs> I am now, it's 27. <laughs> it's like Islamic religion is based on like sacrificing their life uh-huh. for God, you know. Uh, this yeah. is why, yeah, it's like fasting, praying five times a day. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot of work, it seems, right? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. people try to be their best behavior or be their best selves. And it's also usually said that like the devil is chained during this time okay. because normally the devil is roaming about and tempting you but during the holy <laughs> month the devil is chained so it's easier for you to become good because nothing is tempting you so if anything that's bad it's kind of all you not the devil to blame <laughs> that's kind of usually the joke of that yeah that's pretty much why i fast that's awesome that was a really good explanation i've never heard that about the devil yeah. actually <laughs> It's kind of similar to Catholic Lent. Mm -hmm. I pulled this from Wikipedia. The purpose of Lent is the preparation of the believer for Easter through prayer, doing penance, mortifying the flesh, repentance of sins, almsgiving, and Mm self-denial. So pretty much the same. Yeah, there are a lot of similarities between the two. Yeah. We also wanted to know, what is it like to be in Ramadan? So... What's the day-to-day experience? It's the ninth month of the Islamic calendar. So it's 28 days, right? 27, I think I read. It's like a month-long holiday, basically. So we wanted to know what's it like to be in that holiday. And this is when I got jealous. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's fun. Fun, really, it's fun. Because all the stores and people, like, waking at night time. Yeah, it's so even everybody... like old, old. Yeah, even old people. You will see them like two a.m. Like you will see old, old guy driving That's and so... two a.m. <laughs> That's so funny. I... Yeah, yeah. I so know. everybody sleeps I'm during so... the day. 
Mm, yes, living or like be more comfortable because you don't want to be thirsty. Yeah, you don't want to you know? use energy. So usually I celebrate with family and friends. We wake up really early in the morning and we have to eat before 4.55 a.m. Um, oh yeah, it's really early, yes. And so basically fast from then on. Then during sunsets around 8 p.m., we break our fast. We call it iftar. And then we eat. And like for me, Ramadan is like one of the most blessed months of the year. I just like the unity that's is among Muslims. Everyone, like I mentioned, wants to be their best selves. Everyone's always giving. I don't usually feel like I have to <laughs> buy groceries during the month because the mosque always have free food. Everyone's welcome, regardless of what backgrounds you have. And even people's homes are usually open to like sharing and caring. That's great. Yes, it's fun. We like gathering with friends, family, uh, relatives. Yeah. Uh, Is this every night? Le- yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, every night. And there is like a special music for this month, you know. Oh, really? A special TV show, yeah. Usually it's comedy show. It comes in like mm. this month. We're waiting for the show because it will come in this month. Wow. Uh, yeah, this month is famous with like sweetie food. And there is like special light if you like looking for Ramadan. It's called, I think, the light it's called. I'm not sure what it's called. The old light, you know, how it looks like. Oh, it's yeah, Turkish yeah, yeah, style. Yeah. yeah, it's like yeah. like a raindrop, like uh, an upside-down raindrop. Yeah. Yes. Ah. It's red red and green and this color. <gasps> yeah, we, we like uh, accessories or decorate our houses with this. Oh, cool. Too. Yeah, yeah. You were in Spain for two ramadans right yes did you go to the mosque most nights yeah i didn't go a lot but i went during like fridays and was it like a similar experience to what you have at your mosque back home not really because i didn't know a lot of people there back Mm -hmm. home i know a lot of people so it kind of felt more familiar so it's just it's just different maybe if i stayed for a longer time it would have been but like the atmosphere was similar or oh yeah the atmosphere is similar like the the, the things that people do and all that, yeah, is similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Abdullah mentioned that there's special Ramadan music, so he actually sent me some of that. So uh, here's a little snippet for you guys. It's really pretty. So we wanted to know if there was something unique about celebrating Ramadan in different countries. Mm-hmm. Back home, it's different than here. Even the day work is changed from like seven regular hour. Uh, I mean, banks or anywhere they change to until ten, uh-huh. ten to two. They they this this is back home, but here of course it's. And the food was similar. No, so like. It depends on the culture of people there. So, like, here, they're more diverse people. In, uh-huh. in Spain, they're more Moroccans. So, like, the food would be, like, maybe Moroccan food. The mosque that we have here, we have food from all over the world. So, like, maybe mm-hmm. this day or this Friday will be Senegalese food or this other Friday will be Indian food or Pakistani food mm. or Palestinian food, stuff like this. So it was more diverse, so it was something to look for. It's like, oh, I'm going to try a cuisine from this other country. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's really cool that you could try so many, like, kinds of food. Yeah. 
the amazing idea here, I found it here in the U.S. because it's mixed of culture. Yeah. I went to the mosque, okay, to see how they celebrate. They create a new culture here. That's ah, fun. Yeah. yeah, that is cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. Like, it's mixed with all this. So, as both of our guests have spent a good amount of time out of their countries, we wanted to know what it's like celebrating in a foreign country. Mm-hmm. I think fasting in Spain is harder because, first of all, they do not have air conditioners. Like, I don't know how to survive, <laughs> like, and it's really hot. Even though Louisiana yeah. is very hot, but, like, everywhere is blasted with AC, so you don't really feel it. Mm-hmm. And then I also drive going to work and or anything. But in Spain, you have to take mm-hmm. the public transport. You have to work. So it's more arduous. And um, more hours in Spain. It's 18 hours in Spain. And oh my so, like... Be honest, uh, the night before Ramadan starts, because how we know Ramadan is start, we use actually the calendar, but it's in the real Islam perspective, we use the moon. To figure out it's Ramadan start or not. Ah, okay. In the beginning of the moon, the skinny moon, you know, the first moon. Ah, right? okay. That's yeah, this means, yeah, because the whole moon will be in the middle of Ramadan. Yeah, this is why if you figure out the sign of Ramadan, it's a moon, half moon, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is the idea behind it. So, yeah, I was like here at night time and I didn't really know because you know we are like manilials generation I I just use my phone to figure out is Ramadan or not there is a bunch of applications (laughs) but I yeah I remember my mom and dad when I was with them and then I just tried to crying you know I miss them a lot because I remember this like hard time you know when we stand with my dad oh it's Ramadan he will figure out you know and tell me yeah Aww. It was like really hard time at night. I was alone here. I remember yeah. them. Yeah, it's just like this. This is what. When you first came. Yeah, it was like something sad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, have you ever traveled and fasted? Yes, that was the most intense thing I've ever done. I went to Cuenca, which is a city about um, an hour or an hour and a half outside of Madrid. Mm-hmm. So, like, we went to Cuenca, and it was hot, as usual in Spain. And it was kind of hard traveling with my friends, because they they would go and eat and everything, and I can't eat. And they, they were just kind of like, oh, I'm so sorry. They kept on apologizing. It was kind of uncomfortable <laughs> for them, because they felt bad that they were eating it from me. I'm like, no, it's, it's okay, it's okay. I didn't really mind, yeah. but, like... I think the challenging part was just basically walking around under the hot Spanish sun. Yeah. There was a limited things I could do. I kind of went back home early because I was so exhausted. I'm like, I'm never doing that again. But my little okay. sister did it, and she's crazy, actually. Um, She did it. <laughs> like, I'm just like, why? But she's very, like, determined, and she has a lot of stamina. And uh, uh-huh. she's done basketball fasting. Don't know how, oh, wow. but like she traveled around Malaysia and Southeast Asia. She's gonna do a video which I can't wait to put together about her experience fasting while traveling because I wrote an article about it, like how hard it was. Oh, that's awesome. So that's gonna be like an opposing, like okay, yeah, someone actually did it and like it's not that bad after all. Cool. Actually, we'll put a link to your article. Yeah, she wrote an article about her experience traveling and she gives a good overview of who's required to fast and what are some exceptions and how you can make up the days she gives really good tips as well for how to keep fasting if you want to travel and make it a little bit more manageable yeah that's super interesting so we're going to link to that in our show notes if you'd like to check it out yes you should yeah there is an exception on uh, fasting did you thought about it? what about if i am sick how do i need fasting what is this sacred yeah right <laughs> yeah no yeah. you if you're sick travel there is like exception as you said uh, you don't need to fast and here i am like not volunteering to fast but you know, I am traveling, if you think yeah. that like this way, right? Because I will go back home. Right. Right? This right. is why I I don't pray a lot, because I am traveling. I am not from here. Right, you know? right. Yeah, this is the exception. <laughs> there is exception. This exception, of course, I can use it, you know. But these this weeks, actually, this week and the week uh, before, I have nothing to do. 
And then I said, no, let's move fast. What I got from listening to them and from the Egyptians' experience is that it must be a really difficult time to be away from your family, away from your friends and your community, because it's a very community-centric holiday as well. Yeah. So we asked what some of their challenges were um, in fasting. Right. And if they had any specific stories of a difficult time that they fasted during Ramadan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course, when we were young, we lying. Okay, and this <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, and then my mom, actually, yeah, it's they use this, but it's liar, you know, they lie to us. Yeah, they said, oh, we can figure out if you're fasting or not. How? Uh-huh. By your hand. Uh-huh. Your hand. And then we we tried like to hide our hand then. <laughs> What do they say about your hand? Like, like there's a sign? Yeah, wait, wait. It's really... Patrice, you will even... Uh, I'm not sure, like, also did know this or not. But I am sure it's, like, something funny. They say... Yeah, okay, so what he was saying was, basically, his sister would look at his hand. So look at the top of your hand, and they would take the middle knuckle on top and pull the skin together and he said that if if it stays standing up then that means you're fasting if it falls down then you're not fasting but he said you know i think this is not really a thing this is just like what my parents would tell me to make sure that i was fasting (laughs) i don't know it's nothing they lie Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, well, this is was like my sister's job, you know. Oh, he's not fasting. He's fasting. He's... <laughs> because she is the oldest, you know. Ah, okay. Yeah. She would always check you guys. To yeah, sure. like, mom, he's fasting. Mom, no, he's not. Dad, look at this guy. <laughs> I did Ramadan during school. We played tennis when I was in high school, junior in high school. And then we had to do tennis match. And like, it was kind of hard because every match, people always brought food, you know, to eat after the playoffs and yeah. stuff. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I'm missing all these bagels and Korean cheese, <laughs> and goodies. And then like, you know, you had to like be physical and run right. around the courts. It was miraculous because I, cause I was like, okay, you know, in fasting, we have some exceptions. If you're a traveler, uh-huh. you don't have to fast, even if it's Ramadan time, because you never know what circumstances you might come across. If you're doing okay. sports, you don't have to fast. You just have to pay them back off. Uh, so during the, that time, I just like I'm just gonna fast and see how it goes. If I'm really thirsty or parched, like I'll just drink water. But like the whole time, okay. like I miraculously did well. But it was hard being under the sun and running about and like food was everywhere. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. But I think I got used to it. Were you at least like playing sometime close to sunset or was it like you still had half the day left? I think it would be like maybe four o'clock to like uh, six. So it was still up, but then it was going down. So I think being closer to the evening helped a lot more. Yeah, yeah definitely. That would be if you played in the morning, uh, you had to that would be bad. wait the whole day. Yeah, that would be so. That's like a dehydration and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it must have been what, like still really hot weather I yeah it was hot point. but it was like closer to the evening so it wasn't super bad okay yeah, but right now i don't know if i can do that that was a miracle <laughs> i'm really impressed that she played tennis while she was totally dehydrated and undernourished yeah yeah that's totally impressive yeah ramadan is as we talked about almost a month long mm-hmm. so we asked how they felt at the end of this month and mm-hmm. how did they celebrate? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's the amazing day. I love it. Oh, because yeah? we start eat, yeah, eating from like you are like a, for whole month, you don't eat during the day. You know, mm-hmm. can you like imagine for whole month you don't eating like uh, during the day and then you eat 
for first time after the whole month, even yeah. like a biological change, you know? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. And yeah, it's really like fun. Uh, we cooked special food on this day, uh -huh. eat. We wearing, of course, nice clothes, visiting each other. My dad used, my, my mom, they used to like treat me, but not anymore. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> You're an adult yeah. now. Yeah, of course, this is why. And yeah, yeah fireworks, music. Because wow. yeah, I told you, yeah, we don't really, like play regular music during the Ramadan. Yeah, but after Ramadan, like it's regular music or what it's common to listen to during mm. the year. And at the end of Ramadan, how do you feel? It's kind of weird. I actually feel sad, <laughs> even though I don't eat that okay. much because I like I think not always meeting up with people. There's not a reason anymore to like come together to that often. Mm -hmm. And so it's just kind of it's so different now. And it's funny because like when you eat, you feel like you're committing a crime. <laughs> because if you're so used to not eating for such a long time yeah it's kind of like a bit sad uh, at first and then it's how you can't get used to it again okay so you kind of get used to like the community and yeah meeting new people and like yeah for example like i told you last night i was like with friends and we just ate hanged out played super mario and <laughs> oh that's so cool yeah so our final question was what was their favorite part about celebrating Ramadan and also what's their favorite part about fasting first thing favorite part about fasting I think having self-control and okay. I feel like I'm more productive because whenever I'm working I'm just like oh let me just munch these brownies or let me just do this and like you're just going back and forth and you're not like you're distracting yourself and interrupting like maybe you're working so on something but when you're just fasting you just know okay i'm not gonna eat anything so i'm just gonna be productive and i feel like i'm more productive when i'm fasting except for the fact that i have to sleep a lot oh, right. so that's and I'll, i think it also cleans your body system because uh, oh. you're not always in taking something so it gives you, your body time to like recuperate mm -hmm. and um so it's, it has health benefits as well and what's your favorite part about ramadan overall um, i think like i mentioned just the community coming together mm -hmm. and being together with family and friends. Very cool. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't as in-depth as Rachel was for this one. I just said, what's your favorite part about Ramadan? <laughs> and Abdul's answer was very simple. What's your favorite part about celebrating Ramadan? Food. Of course yeah. food. <laughs> of course, like after 14 hours of hunger, <laughs> of course food will be your favorite thing. <laughs> Oh, oh my stomach. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, food and water, water, water. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's still, still it's there, oh still stuck. <laughs> yeah, and drinking, of course, this is my favorite. Day, yeah. Yeah. That's funny. There is a special dishes, of course, I missed it. Yeah. We ate it in Ramadan. I, as I told you, like more sweetie. I don't know. Mm, okay. Yeah, so food and water. And is there anything else you'd like people to know or something like that? <sighs> when people ask me, like, not even water? Yes, not even water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. so, like, no, we cannot. Uh, drink water even while we're fasting mm -hmm. yeah so i have many friends they misunderstand this they thought i drink too they mm -hmm. thought i drink yeah no, you don't drink, no drink or no, eat yeah no 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 <laughs> yeah i <laughs> uh, one of my friends like asked me are you hungry i said please don't ask me this question because i just keep saying why dad you raised me like this way <laughs> <laughs> People also try to give, like I mentioned, the month of giving. So not just giving to your community, also giving to people in need, because that's kind of why we're even okay. doing this, like to empathize. And so like sometimes people would just like, you know, package stuff and I like, give to the homeless, the needy, and deliver food to them. I remember when I was mm -hmm. younger, my family friend, they will like make like a huge pot of rice and stew and chicken and whatever, and package mm -hmm. them in like boxes or stuff and like distribute it to people. 
Oh yeah, this Islamic Relief USA, they they're always giving to mm-hmm. people in need. Thank you guys so much. We really appreciate your insight into Ramadan. Yes. I feel like people just really don't know much about Islam, especially in the West. Islam gets a lot of negative coverage, but it's like all religions, it's grounded in really good intentions. And obviously, the vast majority of Muslims are really great people that you can relate to. And if you have a Muslim in your life that you are thinking about interacting with, I highly recommend it because I've always had positive experiences interacting with Muslims. Yeah, true. And also, the more that I've learned over the years about Islam, it seems to have a lot of really positive points yeah i think as all religions do right um but yeah especially as it is frequently given a very negative light in the media especially yeah there's a lot of propaganda around what islam is yeah Um, so really the more that we can understand it and the more that people learn about it i think is just great yeah I agree. So we have a few more facts about Ramadan. So there are five pillars of Islam. And the first one is fasting during Ramadan. Mm -hmm. And then the second one is a pilgrimage to Mecca, which is something that Abdullah also mentioned. So going to pay homage, I guess, Mm -hmm. to the holy city. Number three is giving to the poor. And Karima mentioned that as well, a lot of people try to do that during the month of Ramadan. Mm -hmm. Especially during the last 10 days, right? Right. Because she said that everything you do in the last 10 days is kind of amplified. Mm -hmm. Number four, the fourth pillar of Islam is praying five times per day while facing Mecca. So that's why you'll see prayer rooms in some places. I know when I taught a lot of Saudi students in the U.S., including Abdullah, they would pray after lunch. Mm -hmm. They would always use this one room facing in one particular direction. And number five is, just like in Christianity, the declaration of belief in one true God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it's pretty clear from what Abdullah and Karima said, but... The fasting during Ramadan is from sunrise to sunset, and yes, it includes water. Yeah. (laughs) It also, though, includes things like sexual activity, impure thoughts, negative thoughts about other people as well, from what I understand. So it's also a time where you refrain from negative thoughts or actions and intentions. Yeah, it sounds like a very loving month. Mm-hmm. I mean, the purpose of Ramadan is, like they were saying, good for your spirituality, and it's also meant to be like a focus on humility, right? Mm-hmm. And it just sounds like a very peaceful time of year. Yeah, and it seems like a nice reset button, you know? like Yeah, for your body too. Yeah, for your body, for your spirit as well. Mm-hmm. Trying to engage in more community-based activity and remembering about those less fortunate giving back and yeah Yeah. also ramadan moves if you've paid attention because of the lunar calendar it's moved by 11 or 12 days every year Mm -hmm. so like you said it's often in the summer and it obviously varies by what time sunrise and sunset is yeah it's usually about 14 hours in the middle east but right now since abdullah is in wisconsin it sounds like it's closer to like 17 hours for him right now Mm -hmm. that's rough yeah and then if you're in the polar region it's 22 hours right yeah and i think karima mentioned that it was something like 20 hours in Spain when she was doing it. Not 20. I think it was 18. Not 20. 18. Yeah, it was. Yeah, because Spain is a little higher in latitude than where she's from, Louisiana. Yeah. And I mean, today when I was coming home at 9.30, it was still light. It's so great. I don't remember what that's like. (laughs) (laughs) It's like dark by like 7.30 here. Okay. Yeah, so not everyone is required to fast. Women who are pregnant or nursing are not required to fast. Mm -hmm. And we talked about if you're traveling, you don't have to. As well as if you have some types of health problems, then, of course, yeah, you're not required to fast. Right. In fact, if fasting isn't good for your health, then you are encouraged to discontinue. Yes. And then, oh yeah, so the name of the lantern that Abdullah mentions is called Fanus. 
I think that's how you pronounce it. Okay. So maybe we should post a picture of that on the show notes. Yes. It's really pretty. The Islamic Relief USA. Oh, yeah. And as Freema mentioned, one of the organizations that people can get involved with is the Islamic Relief USA, which is a humanitarian organization. You can give for a variety of causes, hunger, refugee aid, education, women's programs, water, sanitation. Yeah. You might want to check that out, whether you're celebrating Ramadan or not. I think it's a good thing. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I liked what Karima was saying, how, you know, at the mosque during Ramadan, anybody is welcome to partake in the festivities. So just like with Islamic Relief USA, everybody's welcome to contribute and give. I mean, it sounds like they really tried to get to the root of what the religion is based on, which is doing positive things for people. Mm-hmm. So now we are on to our final segment, Mm -hmm. which is... Lost in Translation! (laughs) This week, actually, our Lost in Translation moment comes from my friend Caroline, who I met when I was in sixth grade, and we were in a Spanish class together, and I have, like, a little story about that, just really quickly. We were in sixth sixth or seventh grade. We had three years with the same Spanish teacher together, Senora Maqueda. She was amazing. There was one time she taught us that Spanish, in Spanish you spell laughter J-A-J-A-J-A-J-A-J-A, right? Mm-hmm. Because the J is pronounced like a H, so ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. But Caroline and I, like, we both thought for some reason that it's pronounced ja-ja-ja-ja-ja-ja-ja. <laughs> So for like a week, we were walking around thinking that like people who speak Spanish laugh like ja, 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 ja. (laughs) (laughs) When I was writing her about the Lost in Translation moment, she was like, I still think that sometimes when I write it. And so do I. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. It's like something I've always remembered. Okay. So. Uh, Caroline, let's listen to your Lost in Translation moment. Hey, Patrice, how's it going? So, I definitely have a lot of stories related to uh, learning a second language. I did the Peace Corps in Ecuador for three and a half years, and I'm now currently doing a second stint in Panama. So, I've had a lot of experience in Latin American countries. And before I left for Ecuador, I had taken a bunch of Spanish classes in high school and college and everything and felt fairly comfortable, although <laughs> although I quickly realized as I got to Ecuador that, of course, taking Spanish classes is nothing like actually speaking it with native speakers. And one of the things that they teach you about Spanish is that Spanish has a lot of similarities to English in some ways. There's just a lot of words that have the same root. So, for example, professional in Spanish is profesional. You know, it's basically the same word, almost the exact same spelling as well. So there's a lot of those similarities. But what you can run into are what they call false cognates, which are words that you would think would be one meaning in Spanish based on the way that the word looks in English but it actually turns out to have an entirely different meaning. (laughs) And sometimes these instances can be pretty humorous. Like the classic one that they always teach you about in high school is that you cannot say, yo estoy embarazada, because that does not mean I am embarrassed. It means I am pregnant. But you would look at the word embarazada and just think naturally that that would be embarrassed because it looks almost exactly the same. So I get to Ecuador and I'm I'm armed with my knowledge of false cognates and I think like, oh, like I'm pretty good at word definitions. I think I got this. Like I'm not going to make a fool out of myself. No, no. <laughs> no, no. Uh, of course, there's so many moments. The one that definitely is engraved in my head as far as false cognates go is I was trying to explain to a friend of mine about there being preservatives in foods and that preservatives aren't necessarily good for the human body. And so I tried to say there are many preservatives in the food 
and I ended up translating it as, hay muchos preservativos en la comida. And she kept looking at me like, uh, and I said, yeah, hay muchos preservativos en la comida. And she basically said, Caroline, I'd, I don't think that preservativos means what you think it does. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, preservativos means condoms. <laughs> the word that I was looking for was preservantes. That's what means preservatives. But you look at the word preservativos and you naturally think, oh, that means preservatives. So yeah, that was a good moment. But the good thing about really embarrassing moments like that is that you never forget the word after that. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's a really, really good one. Yeah. <laughs> when she started talking about preservatives, I was like, oh no, I see where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta be careful with that food. <laughs> it's full of condoms. <laughs> oh, that's really, really good. Yeah, thank you so much, Caroline. Yeah, thank you so much. She's totally right, though, that once you make a mistake like that, you remember the word. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. I think, like, for me, that's why it's so important to learn with a native speaker mm-hmm. uh, or to just take lessons in general because... Like, learning from a book is great, and learning from, like, online lessons is great, but um, you're not going to create the kinds of memories that you do when you talk to people. Mm-hmm. And and you're not, you might not be corrected. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's awesome. Okay, well, I think that's pretty much all we've got for you guys this week. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have anything that you would like to add about Ramadan, if you'd like us to share it with our listeners, we'd love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. If you're a Muslim, do you agree or disagree with what we said? And are you from a different culture and you have like anything special that you do during Ramadan? Please let us know. Um, you can comment on the show notes or wherever on social media we'll find you we'd love to know yeah and as always follow us on social media facebook at language nerds do earth instagram twitter pinterest so yeah if you want to hear from us more than once a week go ahead and do that so Mm -hmm. we can stay connected yeah yeah and if you could leave us a review on itunes that will really help people find us so that we can get the word out there about the show and uh, have more people learn about the world. Yeah. And make sure if you enjoyed it, tell your friends about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think our next episode is about food also. Yeah. So. It's going to be very fun. <laughs> okay. And if you want to subscribe to our blog too, we also like to write about our experiences living and traveling abroad. So feel free to subscribe to our blog on our website. Yep. And until next time, thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in and have a great week, everybody. All right. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.